Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. What's an investor to do? These are crazy times to be in, so if you're going to be a real estate investor, what do you do? Today, we'll talk about the top trends for real estate investors today. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio network. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Guys podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think. Thanks so much. Go online with the Real Estate Guys. The Real Estate Guys need your help. We're conducting an online survey to learn more about the information that you're looking for and how we can help grow the Real Estate Guys radio program. Just a few minutes of your time will help us help you. While you're online, subscribe to our e-newsletter. You'll automatically be entered to win a cruise with the Real Estate Guys. Help us to help you. Go online with the Real Estate Guys at realestateguysradio.com. realestateguysradio.com. Now, on with the show. Well, hello and welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms, and we're starting another exciting program. And here's our topic. We're looking at top trends for real estate investors today. So much is going on, so much negative news, so much turmoil and uncertainty. Last week, we talked about Halloween horror stories, things that went wrong. So the big question is, what do we do today? As real estate investors, let's meet the guys, our financial strategist, co-host, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. I'm feeling rather trendy today. Yes, indeed. Looking trendy as well. Nice uh, nice pinstripes. And uh, the man we call the godfather of real estate back with us for two weeks in a row, Bob Helms. Robert, Russ, great to be here with the real estate guys. Yes, indeed. Lots is going on in the news, right? We hear uh, every day about uh, about what's happening and... Uh, and it's it's hard, you know, to keep track of it all, and it's discouraging a bit if you're an investor of any kind. And yet, right now, arguably some of the best deals we have ever seen are being put in front of us. So it's such an interesting, interesting time to be a real estate investor. What we're going to talk about uh, today is some of the trends that we see, not just from the masses, but really from the successful investors that we know and observe and spend time with. As we're looking at what the the big brains in real estate are uh, doing, it's it's pretty interesting. So we're going to talk. About about uh, a bunch of the trends, and we'll get to as many of them as we have time for, and uh, then if we have extra time, uh, we'll take your calls. So we've there ne- you go. We've never had extra time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, the first trend, I think, is uh, one that we're hearing across a lot of different platforms, and that's uh, the trend we're going to call deleveraging. What's yeah. that mean, Russ? Deleveraging. Well, you know, it's, it's when you're seeing a lot of the credit purchasing power come out of the marketplace. So uh, if you understand the way our economy is built, you know, you talk about full faith in credit. And you talk about um, really just blind trust. You have a certain amount of real assets out there in the economy. And in the real estate space, you have a piece of property that's real. You have a person who goes to work at a real job and earns real income by producing real goods and services. That's real. And then you have a mortgage which backs that up, which is also real because it's supported by two things that are real. What happened in the course of the last several years is Wall Street got very creative is they were able to expand how many assets they could create from one set of things that were real. And those things they created were called mortgage-backed security derivatives, collateralized debt obligations, collateralized mortgage obligations. It had a lot of different names. But at the end of the day, it was a lot of purchasing power that got introduced into the system that didn't have anything real underneath it, which is the classic definition of inflation. And so we saw a lot of the pricing reflecting that. Now, as that type of uh, security uh, tool or investment has fallen out of uh, favor because people found out that it was all a house of cards. 
that purchasing powers come out of the market. And so you see, just like the big jumpy houses, right? When you turn the fan off, the air that's pumping it up goes away and it starts to deflate. And so we're seeing deleveraging or deflation, if you will, from the credit side. So what the, the government and the policymakers are trying to do and the banks are trying to do is to print cash as quickly as they can to compensate for that so that the same amount of purchasing power stays in and that stabilizes prices. But we're in this we're in this transition period where leverage is coming out of the marketplace and cash is being put back in to increase the liquidity to try to balance it out. And it's choppy waters as they all mix it up together. So what does it mean for you? Well, some of that you can uh, do and some of it you can't. First of all, what you can't do is you can't print your own money. That that would be illegal. They would lock you up if you did that. Uh, but what you can do, and what we are seeing a trend uh, towards, is less leverage today. Now, some of that is by necessity. Lenders don't make 100% financed loans anymore. Or some sometimes they well, more than that. Well, not as easily. Not nowhere near as easily. And so as a, a practical matter, many people have to put more money down on a real estate purchase. But uh, as a matter of choice, some people are choosing to, saying right now in this market, it's more of a, of a safety mechanism. The less I have leveraged, the, the better. Now, this you know, it depends on which way you look at it, right? People that are in trouble now, if you have a lot of equity left in your property and you're in trouble, the lender may treat you differently than if you don't, if you've taken all the equity out of the property. But as a trend that we're seeing, especially among the sophisticated uh, high-dollar investors, is that they're choosing to buy less leverage than they have in the past. And so this is just something to consider in your investment portfolio. We love leverage. We love what it does for it. It magnifies appreciation, but it can also magnify a bad situation as well. Well, yeah. I mean, it cuts the other way. Although, typically, um, you may they may come after you for deficiencies, but a lot of times what they'll do is they'll just take the property. What we're seeing right now is an unprecedented amount of cooperation or willingness on lenders' parts to modify loans because what they're trying to do is get to something that's real, something that they can sell. And normally, if they felt like they could quickly sell the property, they would take the property back through foreclosure, put it on the market, sell it, and take their money. Today, properties aren't selling. So they're saying, okay, well, I can't sell the paper, which is the mortgage. I can't sell the property. So what do I got to do? I got to go back to the mortgage, which is really the business I understand modify that paper and make it perform and then get it sold so I can get back to cash on my balance sheet. Yeah, so if you're in a property and you're talking about deleveraging, that's a different story than if we're talking about just buying with less leverage. But overall, across the market, whether you're an investor uh, on the on the paper side or uh, in real estate, uh, deleveraging one of the uh, trends. Another trend uh, to look at is what we actually spent some time talking uh, on a few months ago, but I think it bears repeating here, and it's the flight to quality. Yeah. I was on a conference call uh, earlier uh, this week, and uh, it was pretty interesting. It was a media call, and so I was happy to, to uh, represent our listeners there. But uh, some great information, and we're, in fact, working on one of the guys who presented it as, uh, as an upcoming guest on the show. Uh, but one of the emerging trends reports came out, and uh, there was a big uh, uh, message there about the flight to quality and what that looks like depending on where you are. Now, this is mostly aimed at commercial real estate investment. Uh, they don't know much about the housing market, these guys, but uh, looking across the board at, at retail and, and office and industrial and resort, uh, a real flight to quality. And, and that, uh, that, that rears its head in a lot of ways. Well, and it's happening throughout the economy. It's not just even you know real estate, but it's, it's stocks, it's bonds, it's everything. Everybody is very, very uncertain right now, and they're looking for quality. So if I'm an investor, what am I looking for? 
I, I believe that real estate is going to be worth more in 10 years than it is right now. I think most people still believe that. And so quality to me is being in a situation where I have enough cash flow, positive cash flow, where I can control the property without risk of losing. It doesn't matter to me if the price goes down in half tomorrow once I own the property, if it's cash flowing, because 10 years from now, I will still own it. And so it's the same thing like people say, well, oh, you know, that real estate's gone down in value. Well, if you're living in the house and you're enjoying the house and you're in it for 20 or 30 years, you're fine. As a real estate investor, it's the same thing. If you're going to hold that property for 10 to 20 years, and, and when we talk about flight to quality as an investor, that's one of the other things that we're talking about is people taking a, a longer term perspective. They're not just coming in saying, I'm going to buy a property and next month I'm going to sell it for $100,000 more because the market's red hot. It's not like that anymore. So cash flow is a very important component of flight to quality is if I'm an individual real estate investor. Right. And that's a, a change. You know, people have been very successful in uh, markets that are going up by uh, leveraging as much as they can and worrying about equity more than, than cash flow. But as we've always said, even though the market was as hot as it ever was, uh, kind of our mantra is that cash flow controls the mortgage and the mortgage controls the property. And if you lose control of the cash flow, you lose control of the property. You've got to have a plan for the cash flow at the very least. And so that's definitely a, a flight to quality. But I also think we see this across the board as we're looking at, see the apartment sector right now. What is strong in the apartment uh, sector is uh, B-class properties and A-minus properties and even some A properties in the highest areas. What's fallen out of favor is some of the C-class properties because, again, it's not perceived as the highest quality when it comes to collateral and when it comes to durability of rents. Some of the most profitable cash flow properties can be C-class properties, and if you're not familiar with the various classes, it's not even a a science as much as it is an art, but an A-class apartment building is beautiful, wonderful, newer, nicer, better amenities, swimming pool, probably has a tennis court, elevators, right? It's your A-class apartment building where the top renters uh, would choose to go based on the amenities. Uh, a B-class apartment is, w- is what used to be an A-class 20 years ago, right? It's not as nice, not as many amenities, but it's still a nice place to live. And, and whether the, when the markets are red hot, you see tenants going to a, B because it's what they can afford. When the markets are cooling down, you see A tenants going to B, so we like it for that. A C-class apartment is technically an apartment building or, or, or a residential uh, property that is at its highest and best interim use, meaning that probably the best thing to do would be to knock it down and build something else. But economically, that's not feasible right now, so you continue to, to just band-aid it and, and rent it. A lot of buildings, apartment buildings, cinder block buildings built in the 50s and 60s might qualify as a, as a C-class building. Lower on the rent scale typically, but there's often great rental clients there. A little tougher management uh, picture. Uh, so you know everyone's got to decide what works for them in terms of uh, their personal investment philosophy. But as we're seeing the, the flight to quality apartment buildings, people want uh, better quality caliber stock. Well, and I think one of the other things that is um, part of the flight to quality conversation is what's happening in the lending world. You've got lenders now who want to create quality paper. That means they want documented income. They want protective equity, which is down payment. They want to try to avoid declining market areas, and they want to invest in areas that are more stable. And they actually want you to have to qualify for the loans. It is such a pain. Well, you know, before what they were doing is they were creating these derivative products from the mortgages, and so the more mortgages they could create, they could multiply the amount of uh, product they had to sell by, you know, sometimes a factor of 10. And they did. And they did. And they did. And so now that that scheme doesn't work anymore, and the companies, a lot of the companies that did that aren't around anymore, at least not in their, uh, their previous form. Now it's really about how can we get this whole market to stabilize? And Obviously, you've got the government very involved. You've got the highest level banking policymakers, international people all involved. And we've got to start originating quality 
paper to stabilize the mortgage mortgage and mortgage-backed security markets. I think we see that happening. I think we're looking at the guidelines, and they're certainly tightening, and we're seeing different lenders and different players in the market. So that, for sure, uh, is happening. That's one of the clues. We're talking today about some of the top trends for real estate investors today, what's going on in the macro picture, and how that can relate to you. More when we come back. You're tuned to The Real Estate Guys. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Equity happens. Is it happening to you? Learn more at realestateguysradio.com. You know, there's a lot of talk about cell phones these days and how talking on them can be bad for you. I read in the paper where a top doctor at a cancer center told his staff not to talk directly into their cell phones. Then a group of doctors on the Larry King Show said the same thing. I was then thinking about my daughter, who's a real estate agent. She spends all day on that thing, and my granddaughter is worse yet. So I decided to dig a little and do some research. That's when I found out about the Wave Shield. It's a lab-tested shield that sticks onto the earpiece and blocks most of the radiation from entering your ear. It's tested and proven to work. It was even reviewed by the FTC. The best thing is it's an inexpensive solution to a really big problem. If I were you, I would call and order the Wave Shield today. You know, I even got one for my cordless phone, which they say can be as bad or worse. Here's the number. It's 800-316-2972. That's 800-316-2972. They have a special offer right now, so when you call, ask about it. The number is 800-316-2972. 800-316-2972. Crikey! Local real estate market a little slow? If there's no appreciation, there's no equity. No worries. There are lots of markets and many are booming. G'day, mate. This is Luke Chadwick, the deal hunter with Global Property Network. I spend most of my time traveling all over the U.S. and the world hunting down hot markets, great properties, and expert agents. Give us a ring at one 411 4GPN and we'll connect you to great agents in great markets with great deals. That's one 411 4476 Well, mate, got to go. To learn more, go to globalpropertynetwork.com or call us at one 411 gpn Don't be shy. Do it now. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Whoa, is me. Times are tough. What's an investor to do? That's what we're talking about today. Some of the top trends we see for real estate investors and uh, taking this from just uh, kind of our anecdotal uh, looks at the folks that we see successful in the business, what they're doing today, where they're putting their money, uh, where they're not, and uh, and so forth. So we've talked about two of the trends already, deleveraging and uh, flight to quality. Our third uh, trend, uh, really there's an A and a B to it, market and product diversification. So you've heard often on this show, and of course a couple weeks ago we had uh, Robert Kiyosaki on, on the show, one of the things he always talks about is is uh, someone who just diversifies is pretty much setting themselves up for mediocrity. So so he, he and we are not folks that say, hey, just buy a little of this, a little of that, a little of that, because before you know it, you're just guaranteeing average returns. Uh, instead, what we're talking here about is diversifying the product type that you might invest in. If you're an apartment guy, maybe you're going to diversify a little bit if the numbers call for it. And also, uh, by market. We certainly have seen uh, in our personal investment portfolio some great success by diversifying uh, geographically. We started to uh, look internationally about four years ago. Uh, today, own property 
whole bunch of countries. And while that's not for everybody, I'll tell you what, there's been some pretty awesome uh, markets. While the U.S. has continued to decline in sales and prices, there are some other markets that, uh, as our friend Luke Chadwick would say, have been booming. <laughs> and so we thought it would be appropriate to get him uh, on the show today. So uh, please welcome back to our program uh, our good friend and the director of the Global Property Network, Mr. Luke Chadwick. Hey, Luke. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, we're good. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Well, we thought this would be a good show to bring you on. Uh, we're talking about uh, folks who are diversifying market-wise, and you have just returned uh, from six glorious weeks in uh, fabulous Australia. I have. It was actually nearly seven weeks, but uh, it was. It was good to be there for a long period of time, um, particularly, I think, with uh, what's been happening globally, just to, you know, rather than a, a quick trip in and out, it was good to be there for a little while and and uh, you know, get a uh, a sense of all the stuff that's coming in through the newspapers and the news, and talk to different people and see how you know the market's affecting everyone. So it was uh, it was really interesting time. You know, I don't know if anyone's pointed this out, Luke, but I think you've started to pick up the the accent a little. Yeah, I got it back while yeah. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so this is interesting because you uh, were in Australia during most of the big news here in the U.S., right? Most of just all the crazy stuff that uh, happened way back, you know, two months ago, Fannie and Freddie on up. And, of course, a lot of global repercussions uh, were happening. But what was interesting is you were sending me some articles from the Australian press that were highlighting uh, how Australia was kind of shielding itself from what was happening in the U.S. Can you talk to that? Yeah, it was. It was, uh, again, a very interesting time. I mean, it was... Um, it was interesting from the standpoint of, you know, I know how the media works in the U.S., and it was good seeing the local media in Australia react to what was happening in the U.S., and, you know, surprisingly enough, the, uh, the sky was falling over there too. But um, a lot of the articles were really positive for Australia in terms of how well Australia's uh, perhaps insulated itself um, from what's been happening globally. Um, interesting that uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia, which is uh, you know Australia's version of the uh, the Fed, has come out and says that they're very confident that the worst is behind them right now. So you know, back in the day, Australia was uh, was very much, I guess, governed by what was happening in the United States. Not necessarily the case now. Uh, in fact, you know, we've had probably a decade-long boom in Australia, which has uh, been attributed to um, uh, commodities and, and certainly, you know, uh, the natural resources sector of Australia. But there's been huge demand from China for that. So I think our, you know, Australia's economy is largely dictated by what's happening in China now. Um, one of the great articles that I saw and I sent to you was the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, um, just talking about some of the, the developed countries and, and where they're at and what their outlook is and talking about the United States in particular and um, some of the, uh, the European countries that um, it looks that they'll have zero to negative growth um, over the next couple of years, whereas they were saying Australia is still probably going to track along to 2, two or 3% growth, which was largely attributed to, uh, to China and uh, that it was still on the path for double-digit growth. 
Well, it's interesting if you look at uh, some of the drivers in Australia, especially in some of the larger areas, right? Kind of this flight to quality when it comes to markets is you go to the markets that are well-known, well-populated. People have been there a long time. There's good job centers and employment. And, uh, of course, uh, some of the big cities in Australia uh, fit that. And, and, and you've seen some extraordinarily low vacancy rates, some new product coming online with uh, almost a waiting list to, uh, to rent it. That's, uh, that's not something we've seen in the U.S. for a while. No, in Melbourne in particular, vacancy rates now are about 0.4%. Wow. It's, uh, it's incredible over there, it really is. And, and one of the things that I really started to understand um, when I was in Australia, it's because I spent quite a bit of time there and I was I actually had some people that had uh, you know jumped on the Australia bandwagon a couple of years ago and decided to invest there. I had a couple of them come over whilst I was there. It was the reason I was there for so long, because we have a project that's uh, just finishing now. Um, but when they were there, I was touring them around the city, and it really became evident to me of just how important the, uh, the public spending, the, gov- you know, the government's spending has been um, to improve infrastructure, in, uh, particularly in Melbourne. And, um, you know, what that's led to, of course, is, um, you know, the, the, uh, the better infrastructure is... Uh, directly uh, affecting the uh, the job growth and uh, you know jobs are bringing people in and uh, certainly that's the, the you know the driving factor behind the uh, appreciation of the real estate is, is the demand now so it's, it's interesting I, I know you had quite a few investors who back in late 06 made the decision to invest in Australia and if you looked at what it's what ha- happened right in 2007 Melbourne's uh, median home price up 25 percent and uh, and this year also up and you look at wow the people who bought in in the late 06 sitting here in late 08 look like geniuses don't they oh absolutely in fact what I did was solicit a couple of our clients for testimonials and uh, just couldn't be happier with their decision you know it was a uh, it was a risk at the time. I mean, what we were doing is we were coming off of a very, um, a very good run here in the United States. So people had made a lot of money. I think they were, they were brave enough to uh, take a chance at another, at another market, fearing that maybe the run had come to an end here in the States. And really, they couldn't be happier now because, uh, as you said, they've seen you know, double-digit appreciation over the last couple of years. Um, and, you, you know, it's interesting. We, uh, we, we've talked uh, several times on the show about currency exchange and, and, uh, and all of that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, currency exchange really never plays a factor until it comes time to close. And we had our currency go from uh, Australia, you know, the Australian dollar uh, go from about 75 cents or all, almost to parity. It was 98 cents against the U.S. dollar. And uh, right about three weeks before uh, they were due to settle and send the rest of their money across, the, the, the Aussie dollar nosedived against the U.S. dollar to about 68 cents. Yeah, good timing. So, I don't know how you were able to do that, Luke, but I know they appreciate it. Yeah, I, uh, I got a couple of guys on the inside. Ah, there you go. Well, you know, it's just uh, since we had the opportunity to kind of, you know, pick your brain a little bit since you just got back, I thought it would fit in good with market. Uh, not saying that Australia is the right market for, for everyone. And, of course, at GPN, you specialize in lots and lots of different marketplaces. But really just that it, there's a you got to understand that it, it, there's always some place doing well in real estate. There's always some place not doing well. When we were having an amazing run-up in real estate in the U.S., there were other parts of the world where it was all grim. So you, you have to just have a little bigger view today. I think when it comes to diversification. So uh, as always, thanks for your uh, contribution on the program. 
Thanks, gentlemen. We'll talk to you next time. All right. There's our resident Australian, uh, Luke Chadwick, who uh, scours the globe uh, looking for uh, real estate. If you're interested in uh, finding out about some of his cool Australian deals, and he's got some, or uh, any anywhere uh, in the world that you're interested in investing, Luke can probably connect you. Give him a call at 877-411-4GPN. So I, I think market diversification, certainly. We've seen that uh, in our own uh, portfolios. Uh, you don't want to diversify geographically just for the sake of doing it, unless there's a reason behind it. And the reason I say that is you develop a team in a local marketplace, and that team is crucial. You know the marketplace, right? So if I'm going to go to a place like Australia, where up until two years ago I'd never been there, and now I've, I've been twice, I'm not going to go unless I go side-by-side side someone like Luke that knows the marketplace. And so you know, it's like international investing. We're big proponents of at least considering putting some of your portfolio outside of the U.S. economy. But it doesn't mean it's right for everybody. You have to learn a lot more if you're going to do that. Speaking of international investing, the foreign investors are still investing very heavily in the United States. In the first half of 2007, $163 billion worth of real estate was bought by people outside this country for several reasons. We were always talking about we're on sale. We're on sale here for a couple of reasons, not just because things are depressed, but there's still a significant differential between the U.S. dollar and the other economies, so it looks like a bargain coming in. Which is closing. That gap's closing. The dollar's been getting stronger in the last couple of months, and that's good. But what that means is that these folks are now getting – it's like any time that happens in the market, everyone's waiting for the bottom. We're seeing European investors, Canadian investors, folks whose currency has been strong right now going, whoa, dollar's getting stronger and getting off the fence. Good point. And as soon as it gets stronger, what happens? Their investment their investment just improved. Yep. If it recovers all the way up, they've made the differential. And by the way, the differential in discounts, probably somewhere in the 25 to 40% discount by buying in the U.S. Of course, you have to catch that the right way, right? Any oh, kind, yeah. Anytime you talk about a currency a fluctuation, it can go both ways. And uh, it's hard to get your mind around that sometimes. If you're only investing in one nation, it really doesn't matter that much how your currency can compares to another. What does matter is when you're doing these these cross-border transactions, which uh, which is important. So the other half of market diversification is product diversification. So when we come back, we're going to talk about how you might diversify your investment portfolio from a product standpoint. We're also going to give you a chance to win a prize, as we do every week on The Real Estate Guys. It is a chance for you to win a copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate. It could be yours if you stay with us. You're tuned to The Real Estate Guys Radio Network. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Chadwick. Chadwick. Real estate, like diamonds, are forever. So when it comes to real estate, never say never again. I travel the world for Global Property Network, spying out hot markets, experienced agents, and great deals. So if the world is not enough and you're looking for investment or vacation real estate anywhere in America or around the globe, call Global Property Network. I've got a gold finger for connecting you to great properties. You only live twice, so to grow your income for the second part of your life, you can live and let die, or you can go for it, like the living daylights. GPN is here to help. From Russia with love, this is Luke Chadwick for Global Property Network. 
Give Luke and his team at Global Property Network a license to kill and find you income-producing property. Tomorrow never dies, so you need Luke to find properties and deals for your eyes only. Call Luke and GPN today, 877-411-4GPN. That's 877-411-4GPN. Or on the sponsors page at realestateguysradio.com. Go online. With the real estate guys. We need to know what you think about the real estate guys. So we're asking our listeners to complete an anonymous online survey. You'll help give us valuable information to grow the real estate guys show and provide you with the info that you're looking for. While you're online, subscribe to our e-newsletter. You'll automatically be entered to win a cruise with the real estate guys. We'd love your feedback. Go online now at realestateguysradio.com. Realestateguysradio.com. Are you excited about real estate investing but not sure where to get started? Learn the secrets of building wealth through real estate in the comfort of your own home. In the Real Equity Home Study Course, professional investor Robert Helms and his team of experts show you why real estate outperforms other investments. Stop dreaming about investing in real estate and start doing something about it. Order the Real Equity Home Study Course today at realestateguysradio.com and click on resources. realestateguysradio.com Hello, Robert Kiyosaki. Listen to the Real Estate Guys. They're wild and crazy, but they really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Heard every week on the radio and all the time at realestateguysradio.com. When you go there and sign up for our email newsletter, you'll be entered into a contest to win a cruise with the Real Estate Guys. We go on March 20th uh, next year for eight days. An eight-day cruise this year, not a seven-day cruise. We spend uh, class time, seminars on board, talking about real estate, and it's an awesome time to meet a lot of fellow investors and see what's going on. Great uh, brain trust there. And then on the days in port, we go and have a good time and often look at some pretty cool real estate. Uh, This uh, cruise in 2009 will be heading uh, from Fort Lauderdale, and we'll uh, go to uh, Costa Rica, Panama, and Belize and uh, have a great field trip in Belize. So to find out more, call 877-WOW-CRUISE or sign up for the Real Estate Guys newsletter. And, uh, gentlemen, I must also tell you there's a milestone this week. Really? Yep. This is now. We are entering our 11th year of broadcasting on the Real Estate Guys. Wow. Congratulations. It was was last week that uh, uh, 11 years ago, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, yeah, that uh, we started uh, broadcasting our show. So uh, just like that, uh, we're an overnight sensation. So they say it's 20 years to become an overnight sensation. So 10 more years? That's right. We'll just keep on plugging away. There you go. Our 11th uh, year of broadcasting. We're talking today about uh, top trends for real estate investors today. Before we get back to that, it is time to play Real Estate Trivia for uh, 10 going on now 11 years. We've been doing this every week. We give you a prize by knowing today's uh, trivia question, which has something to do with real estate. As soon as you hear the question or know the answer, send us that answer along with your name and mailing address to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. That's trivia at realestateguysradio.com. The first person with the right answer is going to win an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate. Find out more at equityhappens.com. We also take all of the correct entrants and put them into a drawing for another copy of the book because not everyone listens live on the radio. Some folks listen uh, on the MP3 uh, from our website. Some people listen via podcast on iTunes. However you listen to Real Estate Guys, we want to make it fair for you. So there's a chance to win a book as long as you have the right answer. So when you get that answer, email it to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. First of all, let's uh, review last week's trivia question. It was Halloween Horror Stories last week. And our uh, trivia question, in what state was the legend of Sleepy Hollow set? 
And uh, Russ, you came up with that trivia question. What uh, what state was that? Do you remember? New York. The state of New York. There the you state go. Of New York. Yes, and it was fun uh, last week to see people guess because when you have fifty possible answers, people guess. 50 possible things. Here's our trivia question for uh, this week. Name the smallest ocean in the world. Name the smallest ocean in the world. Do you know what the smallest ocean is? If you do, Billy? it could get you a book. So, you, I didn't hear you, but you're not eligible. I said Billy. Billy Ocean? I don't I don't think uh, Billy Ocean is the smallest ocean in the world. He's put on some pounds in recent years. No, so uh, name the smallest ocean in the world. If you can do that, uh, send us your answer to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. You might be the winner of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate. These are challenging times navigating these seas as a real estate investor. We're talking about some of the top trends we see uh, for real estate investors. We talked before the break about market diversification. Now let's talk about product diversification. Uh, dealing right now with an investor who's got a huge portfolio of apartments. And he's looking at deals. He's out looking at deals. And, of course, what he gravitates to is... Apartments. Apartments, because it's kind of no stick with what you know, go with what you know, right? There's there's some wisdom in that. But today, we're also seeing people who chose a, a segment, and maybe because they're so invested in one particular segment, it's cost them. Now, apartments have been up and down, right? Five years ago, when the housing boom was on, maybe it wasn't great to be in apartments. Bob, I know you had some apartments with uh, 20, 25, 30% vacancy because all of your tenants were doing what? They were uh, buying houses. They were out buying houses. Subprime loans. <laughs> yeah, they were getting subprime loans. And guess what? Now they're back. They're back again. <laughs> and so uh, it's a good time to be in the apartment business. But, uh, but it's just uh, it's one of the many ways that uh, you can think about diversification. Yeah, in fact, if we look at who's going to live in those places, a lot of factors to look at. First of all, we've got what we call the echo boomers. Those are the children of the baby boomers coming online here very shortly. Some of them are going to stay home with mom and pop because it's safer, cheaper, and easier. Uh, most of them are going to be rental tenants, however. Um, and what you got to look at is what happens to demand. This is always a supply and demand game. But as Russ says, you need to make sure there's capacity to pay or it's not just a straight supply and demand game. Anyhow, the point is this, that in terms of apartments and new construction, there's not much going on. What is going on, though, is an increase in the population. We're increasing in the United States pretty rapidly. As a matter of fact, we have something over 300 million people here. We're estimated to have 400 million by the year 2040, a scant 30 years away. Where are those folks going to live? Well, most of them are going to begin living in apartments. Do you know how many people in the U.S. live in apartments today? I don't know, but I have a hunch you're going to give us an estimation. It's about 100 million. About one-third of the population lives in apartments today. Wow. And, of course, what's ownership uh, is somewhere in the high 60%. Yeah. Right? So I guess that would be the difference. Does that yeah. count single-family houses, not other apartments? I think nope. it probably does. That was an interesting quick aside, but uh, I was uh, reading an article about Berlin, uh, Germany, and uh, in Berlin, fully 85% of the over 3 million people who live in Berlin rent. It's good to be the landlord in yeah. Berlin. Yes. Uh, so anyway, back uh, to our show. Uh, yeah, so um, product <laughs> diversification. Another way that works is we talked earlier about kind of ABC apartments. Maybe you look at a different uh, mix. Uh, w- there's all kinds of opportunities that we'll see in the future. And here's where you have to start getting the crystal ball a little bit. But one of the things we've noticed in the last year plus is new housing starts are way down, way, way down. down, way down. And yet, you know, it's a funny thing. Guess what's happening to the cost of raw building materials? Almost all, not all, but almost all raw building materials going down. down. 
this is great if you're in the development business. Uh, but the challenge is that at some point, those echo boomers that are staying home and those folks that are like, two families to a house and all that stuff is going to shake out. And when that demand comes back around, there should be, can be opportunities. You have to think your way through to the future of what you may want to invest in. You know, it just, I mean, you can talk about all this different stuff and it can kind of make your head spin a little bit, but it really does always come down to those uh, basic concepts that Bob talked about, which is supply, demand, capacity to pay. We had Mr. Kiyosaki on the show. He was talking about the importance of jobs and that's his thinking is I'm going to go where the jobs are. When you were talking about international investing and what's going on in Australia with Luke, he was talking about what was happening there in the local economy and how it was producing jobs, which of course produced demand. And so the real crystal ball is just looking for conditions that, you know, support a demand for real estate and a capacity to pay for real estate without having uh, the ability of the supply to grow to match the demand. And if you can get stuck in an imbalance where people can afford to pay, where they uh, have a demand for a product, whatever it is, and it might be apartments, it might be strip centers, it might be uh, storage facilities, it might be parking lots, doesn't really matter, but you're looking for those conditions. And when you see them, and you know that there's demand, and there's a limit in the ability of uh, competitive supply to come online, and people do have the capacity to pay, you're in a situation where you're going to have good, stable um, pricing, maybe even some good solid price appreci- appreciation, and good cash flows because people will pay for the use of the property. Absolutely. Uh, another interesting uh, sidebar here, it really falls under product diversification, but we found a couple of interesting niches, and not to get specific on niches, but here's what the, the mindset is on this. Uh, we're in the middle of doing our planning for uh, a development project, kind of our early pre-development, figure out highest and best use, site ma- ma- massing, all that, um, the programming, if you will, for this project. And it is um, a, a really unique property in a really unique market, and no matter, the, if we maximize the yield on this thing, which isn't the way we're going. But if we do, there still are going to be so very few units to sell. And the market for it is not gigantic in terms of percentage, but is huge in terms of absolute numbers. The point is when you have something super, super unique, it is almost oblivious to market conditions. Well, I mean, and that a lot of people would say that about beachfront property because there isn't very much. And people will, the converse of that is, oh, yeah, but did you see Miami? Well, okay, so Miami went up like 8,000 stories and put 20 million units right on the water. But, you know, so you always have to be wary of that type of overdevelopment. But it's something that when you've got something that's really rare, like waterfront property in a nice area, then you can rest assured that there are enough people in the world who are going to want to have that and have the capacity to pay for it relative to the amount of supply that you're probably going to have a, a pretty good opportunity in the long term. Even Miami. I mean, I bet you 20 years from now, you know, beachfront property in Miami is going to still be very popular. I don't think I will take that bet because I side with you. Absolutely. Right. And that's really the big picture is that looking at the markets that are in demand, what's going to be in demand in 10 years. Now, part of the thinking, I guess we talked a little bit about this. I think this is important when it comes to picking your market is picking the larger established markets today is a safer bet than picking those secondary markets where there may or may not be. One of the little things that I learned uh, some of the commercial guys talking about this week was just when you look at what's happened in the airline industry, when the airlines stop certain flights, do they stop the flight to Chicago, New York, or Houston, or do they stop the flight to that one little city way out in the middle of nowhere? 
Right. That's the last, that's our first flight to go and the last flight to come back. So you got to think about those kind of things as you're looking at the path that you're going to be in. We'll give you some other ideas uh, when we come back and talk about uh, at least one more top trend that we see for real estate investors today. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to the Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. You know, there's a lot of talk about cell phones these days and how talking on them can be bad for you. I read in the paper where a top doctor at a cancer center told his staff not to talk directly into their cell phones. Then a group of doctors on the Larry King Show said the same thing. I was then thinking about my daughter, who's a real estate agent. She spends all day on that thing, and my granddaughter is worse yet. So I decided to dig a little and do some research. That's when I found out about the Wave Shield. It's a lab-tested shield that sticks onto the earpiece and blocks most of the radiation from entering your ear. It's tested proven to work. It was even reviewed by the FTC. The best thing is it's an inexpensive solution to a really big problem. If I were you, I would call and order the Wave Shield today. You know, I even got one for my cordless phone, which they say can be as bad or worse. Here's the number. It's 800-316-2972. That's 800-316-2972. They have a special offer right now, so when you call, ask about it. The number is 800-316-2972. 800-316-2972. Crikey! Local real estate market a little slow? If there's no appreciation, there's no equity. No worries. There are lots of markets and many are booming. G'day mate, this is Luke Chadwick, the Deal Hunter with Global Property Network. I spend most of my time travelling all over the US and the world hunting down hot markets, great properties and expert agents. Give us a ring at one 411 4gpn and we'll connect you to great agents in great markets with great deals. That's one 411 4476 well, mate, got to go. To learn more, go to globalpropertynetwork.com or call us at one 411 4 gpn Don't be shy. Do it now. Hi, this is Garrett Sutton, Rich Dad's advisor. Remember, equity happens, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Hey, thanks, Garrett. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Uh, with me, our financial strategist co-host, Russell Gray. Happy to be here. And the godfather of real estate, Bob Helms. Having fun here. Talking about the top trends for real estate investors today as uh, we enter certainly a challenging market. We've had a, a rough ride in 2008. 2009 promises to be just as interesting uh, for probably different reasons. But uh, what it's an investor to do. And so some of the trends uh, that we're talking about today are things for you to be thinking about. I think the next trend that we've seen... Uh, uh, is uh, what I'm going to call safety in numbers. Yeah. From our vantage point, we're seeing a lot more real estate investors invest in real estate syndications, real, real estate investment trusts, group deals, than individual properties. And typically, these are the kinds of investments that don't require a personal signature on a loan. Uh, they don't have liability above uh, your uh, dollars in. Uh, could be a great vehicle for retirement. But in a lot of ways, we're seeing that uh, that there's some safety in numbers. I think people are just looking for alternatives. You know, the stock market has not been a strong performer. You know, we look at the averages going all the way back to the beginning of this decade, and the stock market really hasn't done anything positive in that entire period of time. I mean, pick 
pick any one of the indexes, and they're all pretty flat if you look at it from the January of 2000. We only wish the Nasdaq today. were flat. <clears throat> yeah, right. I mean, that one's like real, real negative. So uh, people are looking for alternatives. They're also realizing that even you know individual properties comes with a certain amount of hair. So they say, okay, well, I don't want to buy individual stocks. Mutual funds are basically uh, just byproducts of individual stocks, and so you you know some people like them, some people don't, but. If you're looking for an alternative where you're buying something that's real, that's tangible, where someone else is going to do the heavy lifting of the the management and operating the uh, asset or managing the asset, and you want to have the ability to do some diversification, but you don't have enough money yourself to be able to diversify over large uh, places, then you can buy pieces of bigger projects that are run by professional managers. You can do these through things like real estate investment trusts, where like mutual funds made, which are like mutual funds made up of real estate type assets, whether it's a mortgage REIT, whether it's a income REIT buying big shopping centers, triple net lease to big companies like Walmart and Costco or whoever, or you're buying apartment building REITs, or you can even buy companies that are involved in development. You can also buy private placements. Now, you can't go out into the stock exchange and buy that because by their very definition, they're private. Right. But if you do some networking and ask around, you'll find people that are out there doing that. They're finding individual investors, putting their money together. And you need, there's a lot of homework you need to do, and you don't get into that willy-nilly. But- it really gives you some opportunities to get involved in some projects what Robert Kiyosaki would call the big deals without you having to put up all the money or take all the risk. And so a lot of people have, have fled to this, and especially because they're looking for alternatives for their retirement money. A lot of people have retirement accounts, and they think the only thing they can buy is insurance contracts or put it in cash or put it in stocks or bonds, and none of those things look really appealing right now. And they're finding out that you can hold non-traditional assets, things like shares of private placement companies, like limited liability companies that aren't traded publicly, individual real estate, private notes. There's things that you can hold in your retirement account. Uh, and and put that money to work someplace where, where you have more direct insight into what's going on and who you're dealing with and what the underlying investment is. And I think a lot of people, that's part of that flight to quality is to get away from the um, – is to get away from buying things that you completely don't understand, don't have any visibility into, and don't have any control over. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the other thing about it is that for a lot of people, it's easier. It's easier than doing all the brain damage necessary with picking a market and finding a team and putting an offer together and going through all that and dealing with tenants and so forth. Now, having said that, many people listening to our show are in a different world than that, right? If you, you The downside to group investments is you're giving up control. Right. So it's not for everybody. Also, not everyone's eligible you know, these private placements that you speak of, Russ, with a few exceptions, you need to be an accredited investor in order to do that, which means it's got some some big requirements in terms of net worth and income and so forth. So you want to do your homework and see if you qualify. Uh, kind of a, a, a side uh, or a way that we're also seeing this come uh, to bat, you know, a few, a few weeks ago, uh, we had Jeff Lerman on the program talking about partnering for profit, putting yeah. together partnerships. In fact, uh, we did a webinar that was super, super successful. You, I think you can still uh, get a copy of the, of the webinar and listen to it uh, if you go to our website site uh, at realestateguysradio.com. Um, great, great stuff. But what we're, what Jeff talked about was the idea that if you had a deal and you were upside down in some way, but it was a good fundamental deal, one possibility could be to bring in a partner. In the last couple of weeks, I have found now listed in some of the uh, the regular places we look for uh, MLSs and real estate listings and commercial listings and so forth, those very kinds of opportunities. Hey, I got a great property. It's a good deal. I'm in it. All you have to do is bring in some cash. The, the loan's are already in place. And so, again, that may be lesser risk kind of knowing in advance what you're getting into than it is just you know taking the dart and aiming at a marketplace somewhere. 
part of this, I think, is how much hands-on you want to be or need to be. Uh, REITs and syndications and things that are managed that you don't need to put your time in are pluses for a lot of people. And, of course, many of those, you can do 1031s in and out of them. So if you're at that stage, like I am, meaning you're an old guy, and you might (laughs) be ready to retire, but you don't want to stop this flow, one of the ways is simply to put my money in something managed by somebody else that I still have the possibility to go in and out of. Another thing I like in terms of not being hands-on is to look at things you can do with that retirement money. Because you can put this with a a trustee that will allow you to determine where you're going to go with it. One of the big opportunities at the moment is probably buying up discounted mortgages and holding that in your 401k or your IRA. If you do that with a trustee, there are a lot of possibilities for it that don't require hands-on management. But like everything else, you've got to do your homework. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some people making money in this marketplace buying discounted paper because they've, you know, you've got banks and and lenders that are holding these d- distressed assets and they need to get rid of them and they're willing to sell them for pennies on the dollar. And especially now to a degree there's even a little bit of subsidization coming in. Now we don't exactly know how all that's going to pan out with this bailout pl- program and all of that. Russ, nobody does. Nobody <laughs> nobody knows. And I mean nobody. Nobody. But the um but but I think that the thing is, if you can buy a note, say I'm just simple math, you got a hundred thousand dollar face, you know, that's paying eight percent or whatever. And well, I was told I had a million dollar smile, <laughs> a million dollar smile. <laughs> oh, but, sorry, back to hundred dollars. But if you can pick up that face. note for you know sixty grand or you know fifty grand or whatever, and there's people out there willing to sell their paper for twenty, thirty, forty cents on the dollar. I mean, discount off off of its face value in order to get to liquidity. Uh, you can pick those things up, and you know you always run the risk that you buy non-performing paper. But if you do your homework, and that's part of the due diligence you do as a note investor, to make sure you understand the collateral and what your recourse is, if you get a chance to get after it, uh, you can really make a lot of money. We yeah, what a, does your return look like, Russ, when you do that? Well, I mean, it's huge. It's it, it, it's it's significant because if you bought if you bought say just again to use simple math, if you bought a hundred thousand dollar note for fifty thousand dollars, you're going to make a hundred percent return on the capital you invested, plus you're going to get the interest on the note itself. You could even afford to discount the note to settle it and end up being able to come away with uh, still a substantial profit. Yep. And so our final top trend for real estate investors today, creativity. Today, we are seeing the sharpest people we know figuring out new ways, creative ways, and they're rising to the challenges. They're figuring out how to take the lemons that have been thrown our way and turn, turn those in to lemonade. Well, I mean, that's what always happens because people's ambition and their desire to make a profit and create a living and all of that uh, demands that they uh, continually press forward. And when like a, an economic problem gets dropped into the middle of their path. They're like a, this rushing wave and they'll figure out they'll go under it, they'll go over it, they'll go around it. They will find a way. Some of the most creative strategies we've seen and some are very good and some are not so good, <laughs> but happen every time we go through one of these things. Way back in the 70s, you saw, you know, when we had those high, super high, ridiculous interest rates, all of a sudden owner carry back, assumable the birth loans. of creative financing. Really, right, Bob? really, to a large degree, equity sharing, a lot of that stuff came in and now variations on that theme. And a lot of different conventional lenders stepped up, and they created very, you know, uh, 
a creative financing pro- some of which got us in trouble yep. right so the, the creativity in the marketplace can get you in trouble but the marketplace also tends to correct itself when people get too creative like a lot of these structured uh, debt situations did then the marketplace punishes them when when their their fundamentals aren't good so i always come back to this is just saying when you whenever you're going to get creative always make sure that on the basis, the foundation of your creativity are the fundamentals. If you're in great markets, you buy good properties with good cash flows, and you've got supporting conditions, infrastructure, jobs, and so on, then you're probably, no matter how creative you're going to get, the marketplace will tend to protect you. If you step out of bounds and get away from the fundamentals, your creativity will probably get you into a lot of trouble. And there's people right now that are in that situation. Yep. Yeah, Russ, back at the tail end of the 70s, early 80s, I bought a building during those times, and uh, we had what we called a wrap or an all-inclusive deed of trust on that property, and uh, the the underlying loans just kept getting wrapped. People were making good differentials, but what it really did is created financing where there was no commercial advantage, where you couldn't get loans. Uh, everybody was willing to take their equity in a way that they could move on with whatever they could. I still have that property, by the way. It's now worth about 10 times what I paid for it. Well, that's what happens over time. Equity happens to you. There's our show for today. Thanks for uh, for tuning in. Hey, I want to let you know about an event we have coming up that we only do once a year, and it's right at the beginning of the year, right fresh out of the gate in 2009, a tool to help you make 2009 your best year ever. It's our annual goals retreat. This year it's January 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at the beautiful Cliffs Resort in Shell Beach, California. It's an amazing event, a chance for you to get clarity on where you're going as a real estate investor, but more importantly, where you're going in your life. Check it out, and you can find out more information by calling WOW Events at 888-662-0668, or check our website at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks to uh, my great colleagues. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Good show today. Thanks for having us. Thanks to Chafin, our engineer, Matthew Pierce, our executive producer. Thanks to uh, all of our great sponsors that make this program possible, and thanks to you our loyal Real Estate Guys listener. Hey, tell a friend. Tell somebody about the Real Estate Guys and uh, hope that equity happens for them. We'll see you next week. This airing of the Real Estate Guys was brought to you in part by our sponsors. Corporate Direct. Get the edge in business and wealth building with asset protection, privacy, and tax savings. Call Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton at 800-600-1760. Global Property Network. Have Goldfinger Luke Chadwick help you find properties from around the world. Call GPN at 877-411-4GPN. Equity Happens Institute. The Equity Happens Institute is dedicated to providing real estate investment education for effective action. To find out more about the Equity Happens Institute, call 866-900-4232. You can find out about these and our other valued sponsors on our sponsor page at realestateguysradio.com. And to learn how you can sponsor the program, call Matthew Pierce at 510-521-5100. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on The Real Estate Guys. Hi, this is Robert Helms. As a real estate investor, you know you need to be concerned about asset protection. When an investor asks me about the litigation explosion in America and what they can do to better protect their real estate assets, I like to refer them to Corporate Direct. Equity happens, but it can be limited without solid asset protection in place. And Corporate Direct protects your assets. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by Garrett Sutton. He's an attorney, best-selling author, and one of Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors. Garrett and his staff are knowledgeable, helpful, and surprisingly affordable. 
and I know I've used Corporate Direct and have been exceedingly satisfied with their service. They're on the web at CorporateDirect.com or you can call them at 1-800-600-1760. That's CorporateDirect.com or 1-800-600-1760. You know you need asset protection for your real estate, so visit CorporateDirect.com or 1-800-600-1760. Find them on the resource page at RealEstateGuysRadio.com. That's CorporateDirect.com. 